It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. For any new listeners out there, this show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And to sum up what we do in one sentence, for any new listeners, if that's possible, one sentence, (laughs) we use the healing power of real food to address whatever health condition you might be struggling with. My name is Cassie Wienis. I'm a licensed and registered dietitian. And the topic I want to share information with you about today isn't centered around any one health condition or disease But it is a topic that, if left unaddressed, can lead you down the road to bad health. Now, before I let you in on that topic, as always, I have to give a shout-out to my two biggest fans listening back home. So hello to Riley, my first grader, and Rissy, my preschooler. And hello to all of our wonderful listeners. Thanks for tuning in this morning. We couldn't keep this show going if it wasn't for our great listeners who support us every Saturday. And one more quick shout out, and then I promise I'll let you know what today's topic is. I just wanted to say hello to all the employees at Lindquist and Venom in downtown Minneapolis. I recently did a corporate presentation there over the lunch hour. The topic was stress-busting foods, and we had such a nice turnout. And I just wanted to say hi to any of you who are listening to the radio program this morning, and a big thanks for requesting that I come in and speak. And also thanks for caring enough about your employees to have a health and wellness committee that makes these lunch and learns like the one I presented at happen. I'm really excited that this corporate presentation piece of our business is really growing. I think that shows that employers are really seeing the positive outcomes that happen when they create a healthier work environment. Okay, but back to all the listeners, right? All of you that are tuned in to 107.1 right now are in for another jam-packed hour of great information. Today's topic is sleep. And more specifically, we're going to be talking this morning about nutritional strategies for a good night's sleep. And in studio with me today to add her expertise and knowledge to this topic is Kate Crosby. Kate is a nutritionist at both our Lakeville and North Oaks locations, and she also teaches many of our classes for us. So she's a nutrition educator as well, and I bet that keeps you running like a chicken with your head cut (laughs) off sometimes, right? Sometimes forgetting where I'm going. Yeah. Oh, Say, I've got a great client success story related to the topic of sleep. How about I share that with you? Yes, let's do that. Okay. Well, um, this is a client who has seen many of us in the office from time to time, but due to our schedules, she ended up seeing me. And um, she or came in. Are you in. just being nice and saying she didn't like me and she went in? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, <clears throat> she came in and she used this phrase quite often I am such a mess. I am Mm. such a mess. I need help. Well, Uh, she hadn't been sleeping for months. She maybe slept three or four hours every night for maybe six to nine months. She she was uh, she had stopped using a Benadryl to get her to sleep. She tried melatonin, did absolutely nothing. Her children complained that she was always crabby. Uh, Who wouldn't be with less than four hours of sleep? Exactly. Her weight was creeping up, mm-hmm. and overall, she was really discouraged and exhausted. So we tried some things with diet, 
and then we worked on a few supplements like magnesium. Um, she refused to take it because she said, I won't take magnesium. I've tried that before. I had excessive diarrhea. And then uh. we kind of sleuthed out that it was the brand of magnesium glycinate she was using that was that was incorrect. So it wasn't but, our brand. She had found No, she had something, something else. else. And Interesting. no relaxation. I convinced her to try one more time with a little magnesium glycinate. And that began to help a little bit. Yeah. So she was a little more eager. But then we just added one more thing. She had her bedtime snack. She had her magnesium. And then we added something called GABA, which is very, very relaxing. Mm-hmm. And a couple of weeks later, she came into the office, arms raised. I'm oh, sleeping. How wonderful. And not that she's eliminated all of her health concerns, but it's a beginning. Well, and, and you it's need that sleep piece there as part of your foundation for better health. Yes. So that was a smart starting place. And you know, the story Kate just shared is one of many. I would say one of the top reasons why people visit us at our office is mm-hmm. insomnia, wouldn't you say? Yes. And the often. root cause, you know, you described what worked for this lady, but it's always different. There's no cookie cutter answer. The root cause can be different from person to person, but usually if we dig deep enough, we can find the right answer. Absolutely. And if you stop and think about all the different areas of your health that can be affected by a chronic lack of sleep, well, then the fact that we are helping these people is really very powerful. Right. Like the client said to you, her family was telling her she was crabby. And (laughs) we know from the research that low moods and anxiety increase for many people who aren't getting enough sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, another point that research has made is when it comes to a lack of sleep, you also may notice a little unwanted weight gain. Um, This is documented in, in more than one research piece over the years, but there's one that we've got here, a piece of research that was done in 2006 at the American Thoracic Society International Conference. That's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. And at this conference, they revealed a 16-year-long study showing that women getting only five hours of sleep a night were 32% more likely to experience unwanted weight gain versus their counterparts sleeping seven or more hours. Wow. That's pretty significant. That's a big percentage, 32% more likely to experience unwanted weight gain. Now, that was a 16-year-long study, but even if it hasn't been 16 years yet that you've been struggling with sleep, even short periods of not enough sleep can put on unwanted pounds. I was listening to some of our old podcasts recently, and if any of you listeners haven't figured out that that's available, you should really take advantage of it. You can go to our website at weightandwellness.com, click on radio show, Mm -hmm. and listen to any of our past shows for like two years back. And I was doing this just to refresh my memory on some things, and, and I usually learn some new things too. And in one of the radio shows from last year, Anna, one of our nutritionists, was on, and we often call Anna our walking encyclopedia. <laughs> and she quoted research showing that just two nights in a row of poor sleep can increase your hunger hormone by more than 30%. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, that kind of reminds me of a... Uh client and also a class member, uh, somebody in our weight and wellness series, who announced to the class that whenever she gains weight, in order to start losing it, 
She increases her sleep, and it works miraculously for her. Go figure. She there figured you go. that one well, out that, that totally supports the research. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and then what I usually think of when we talk about just two nights in a row and your hunger hormone is increased, I think of all the new moms out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're up every few hours nursing... Or like me with my second baby, if you're up much of the night with a colicky baby, you're probably going to have more cravings because of the fact that this hunger hormone increases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe for any of those new moms listening, maybe that's why you've noticed you feel like snacking on potato chips and pretzels more than usual. Yeah. You know, I know we're both moms here and we fully realize you can't ignore your baby and shut that bedroom door and get that eight hours of solid sleep. But there are other things you can do. But doesn't it sound delicious? Lovely? <laughs> shut that door. Kids or no kids, just shut the door. Shut no. the door. Shut the world out. But yeah, we know you can't ignore the baby. But hopefully, what you can do is ask for help. If your mom and dad or your in-laws live close, take the kids over there for a few hours so you can get a nice long nap in. Yep. Ask your husband. Take the kids out of the house for a few hours in the weekend. Good sleep is really important for almost every biological function that takes place in our body. Mm -hmm. And we have no compensation mechanism for a lack of good sleep. So maybe it's your struggle with weight loss that is an indicator of your lack of sleep. Or maybe it's your kids telling you, Mom, you're crabby all the time. Or maybe your blood sugars are out of control. Or do you have high blood pressure or heart disease? If you can say yes to any of these body signs, I want you to stop right now and ask yourself, how many hours of actual sleep am I getting on most nights? Not how many hours are you in bed, because some people are laying there there tossing and turning, (laughs) but how many hours of actual sleep am I getting on most nights? And I am getting the signal that it's already time for that first break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before we leave you, though, I want you to think about a couple of more questions. If you're someone struggling with sleep, is it the falling asleep that you find the hardest? Or are you the person that falls asleep okay, but then you wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning and can't get back to sleep? No matter which category you fall into, and maybe fall into both, But we're going to talk about a couple of supplements that might help you when we return. And if you want to join our conversation regarding sleep this morning, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071, and we'll be right back. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. My name's Kate Crosby. I'm one of the nutritionists working for Nutritional Weight and Wellness. 
I'm in studio today with Cassie Wienes. Cassie's a registered and licensed dietitian. And if you're just joining us, Cassie and I are talking this morning about nutritional strategies for better sleep. As we went to break, Cassie posed a couple of questions. Is it that you have a hard time falling asleep? Or do you wake up, or do you fall asleep just fine and then wake up in the middle of the night and you can't get back to sleep? I think first and foremost, no matter which of these questions you may have answered yes to, eating a balanced diet has to be in place before you can make any progress. Right. Um, You know, that healthy food imbalance has to be your foundation. You can take all the best supplements in the world, but if you're not eating right, those supplements won't help much, whether we're talking about sleep or any other health condition. But for sake of example, let's say you are eating real food in balance and you're finding that you still are having a very hard time falling asleep at night. Kate, I know you've had these types of clients before. What might you do for a client like this? Well, if you're lying there, can't fall asleep, your mind is racing with all those things you need to do, or you're just lying there thinking, oh, great, here we go again. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if your mind just can't shut off, and that seems to be inhibiting you from falling asleep, then usually I would start somebody on one or two capsules of 5-HTP. 5-HTP is a precursor to serotonin, which then makes melatonin, which helps us sleep. You would take that supplement about 30 minutes or so before bedtime. But if you're saying it's not that my mind is going, I just can't fall asleep, Mm -hmm. then possibly starting with some magnesium at bedtime, maybe 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium at bedtime. And you want to be sure you're getting a high-quality magnesium glycinate. The glycinate form is the most absorbable form you can buy, so that's why we say glycinate. But again, be sure it's high quality. It was interesting, even yes. to me, Kate, that you mentioned that client. Mm-hmm. Glycinates are hard to find. Very Obviously, hard. your client yeah. had found another brand, but maybe it wasn't. Didn't work. It wasn't quite the quality. And so it, it was just mm-hmm. giving her diarrhea, and that was about it. Which glycinate shouldn't do. Shouldn't do. Yeah. So um, now. First and foremost, I'd I'd go towards the magnesium glycinate. Unless a client is experiencing constipation, Mm -hmm. then the best form would be magnesium citrate. Um, It's gonna the citrate's not only gonna help the body relax so that you can actually fall asleep, but it's gonna also get that large bowel moving and help with the constipation. And since we're talking about magnesium, I just thought of another great question to ask our listeners. Do you have restless leg syndrome? Mm. And if you do, is this what's keeping you from getting a good night's sleep? And very often people forget that they have that mm-hmm. when they talk about their sleep. Um, restless leg syndrome is just another indication of magnesium deficiency. Right. You know, and I had a client once, this was a couple of years ago, and she came to me mainly for weight loss. And of course, then we got into the sleep discussion. And she could sleep fine if left alone, but her husband, <laughs> can we not all relate at some point? Her husband was the problem. Um, restless and, leg? Well, restless leg and restless body. She said, sometimes I wake up with bruises. He is flailing. I had never heard a story of such a flailing person that where she would literally have bruises. So it was wow. his legs, but sometimes his arms were all over and, you know, she'd end up with bruises in her upper arms because of that. And I was just jaw dropped. The only thing I could think to say to her was, 
well, maybe try some magnesium on him. For him? For him. And I honestly thought, oh, my Lord, I've never heard of a story like this. It's probably more complicated than just magnesium. But anyway, I told her 400 to 600 milligrams magnesium glycinate. See if you can get him to take that at bedtime. She came back to me a month later, all smiles. She said, it worked the first night. He is sleeping (laughs) like a baby, and now I I can sleep. And that's that's when I, yeah, that was so awesome. And that's when I started calling magnesium the magic mineral, because I I was really (laughs) impressed that it had worked. It can. Yeah. Well, before we went to break, Cassie, we were talking about how many hours of sleep is enough sleep. So if you sleep less than seven hours, grab a pen. You're going to take notes today on this show because all of those ill health effects Cassie just mentioned have been linked, like high blood pressure, high blood sugars, um, have been at least linked to a lack of sleep. It can certainly be a chunk of the the puzzle puzzle. in in, curing your your heart disease, your high blood pressure, your crabbiness, right? Um, We have a caller. Let's get to our caller before... It's time for our second break, huh? <laughs> so on line one, we have Mary. Mary, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? Yeah, hi. I've been dealing with the going to sleep fine and waking up. But when I wake up, um, I eat. And I know what I'm eating. And sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's not so much. But then I'll go back to bed. And sometimes I can do this three or four times. Uh-huh. So not only am I waking up, and that's ruining my whole body functioning Right. But then I'm eating, and that adds to the problem. And like I said, I've been dealing with it for 20-some years. I've been to so many different people. At first, they told me it was a nocturnal eating disorder. And then later on, they said, oh, now you need a oxygen mask, which I couldn't fall asleep with. So it's just been so many things. I've tried so many sleeping things, which just made me eat in a drunken stupor, um, you name it. And I'm just so frustrated. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is sleep. I don't even care that I'm eating now. It's just that I want to sleep. Right. And you're not taking any prescription or over-the-counter medication for no. sleep right now? No, none of them have ever worked. I still woke up. I can fall asleep, no problem, but I wake up like almost every two hours. So do you do a bedtime snack? To, um, I do usually. and then I, cause What is it? Talking, um, usually it's like a, some cheese or popcorn maybe. I try not to get anything too heavy, and okay. usually when I wake up, I'm eating carbs and sugar. Mm-hmm. And what, like today, did you have breakfast yet this morning? No, uh-uh. And what time did you get up this morning? Um, about I... 7. Okay. I I think it, it, and this sounds too simple, but believe me, because I speak from experience, I I think the first thing to do, and you will notice a difference, is if you can get yourself eating balanced, not just at bedtime, a balanced bedtime snack, but all day long. Because if if you start from breakfast, the start of the day, get your blood sugars balanced, you're going to go into those evening hours in a state where your body can get into that deep stage of sleep where you'll stay asleep. But right now what you're doing is you're riding a blood sugar roller coaster all day long and sometimes making it worse at night with a a bedtime snack like popcorn that turns to a lot of sugar. And so in the middle of the night, your blood sugars are up and down and that will cause you to wake periodically. But it all starts with breakfast and you want to eat that breakfast within an hour of waking up to to grab hold of those blood sugars and get them balanced. And if you... What was that? What happened was that I, because I'm eating, I was eating so much at night that I'm like, okay, I'm not going to eat. You don't. 
yeah. at all. Yes. For all that. So you're in this vicious cycle, but you, you just, I mean, you got to start someplace. So okay. you got to start now and, and yeah, right. start with a good breakfast and then every three hours because okay. that's what's going to get you sleeping better. And if you can stay tuned the rest of the hour, we're going to give some examples on breakfast, snacks, awesome. lunches. That's your starting place. That sounds fantastic. Okay. Thanks good for the question. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. You know, um, there was another caller, and, and we might as well mm. talk about that now. Mm-hmm. There was a caller that didn't have time to go on air or didn't want to go on air, and it was a sleep-related question, but sort of the opposite of what we're talking about. She has a hard time waking up. She said she often has to set five alarm clocks because she's just in, I don't yeah. know if she's so into her sleep or just so tired, and she can't wake up. And you know, we'd love to have that person on the air right now so we could ask a few more questions. Um, but but our first thought was thyroid. You know, if you're sleeping 10, 11 hours and can't wake up, you know, you're still tired, I would absolutely go to the doctor and ask for your thyroid to be checked. So that's my first thought on that without having this person online to ask more questions. Kate had a good thought, too, that we were talking about over break. Is is this person that can't wake up and has to set five alarms to get herself out of bed, is she having a lot of trouble falling asleep and so she's really tired when her alarm goes off? Because then it goes back to our caller we just had on the line. Are you eating well? Are you eating balanced so that you go to sleep with a balanced blood sugar and you fall asleep right away and start getting that good rest? So a couple of different thoughts Mm -hmm. on that one, but I'm just feeling like she's probably going to want to get her thyroid checked. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, So, um, you know, we were talking... We were talking about more than, you know, you want more than seven hours, and the reasons are many. We just mentioned a few. High blood pressure, heart disease, anxiety, depression, all of these things Mm -hmm. are at an increased risk for you if you're chronically lacking sleep. And so, So, you know, you need to decide what your reason is, and and we're here today to give you the tools. Yep. So probably the first tool or strategy that comes to mind, and we've kind of touched on this, is... uh, Kick that sugar habit. Get the sugar out of your diet. And when we come back from break, we're going to talk about some obvious and not so obvious places where you might unknowingly be getting some sugar. Mm -hmm. But it is time for that second break. But do stay with us. We're not only going to talk about those sources of sugar that might be sneaking into your diet and sabotaging your sleep when we come back from break, but we're also going to talk about two more supplements that have helped a countless number of nutritional weight and wellness clients achieve good rest. And if you have a question or comment for us today regarding sleep, call us here at 651-641-1071 and do stay with us. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. We're listening to Kate and Cassie this morning. Both of us see clients at Nutritional Weight and Wellness a company specializing in life-changing nutrition. And today we're talking about strategies for a good night's sleep. So before we went to break, Cassie mentioned we have two more supplements we want to tell you about. These are supplements that have helped many of our clients over the years as they try to overcome their insomnia. The first supplement is melatonin. Melatonin is a hormone that directs the body's circadian rhythms So typically, the place I see it the most helpful is with travelers who are experiencing some jet lag, and we also use it a lot with shift workers. 
And we really like the sublingual form, you know, the kind that you put under your tongue so it gets absorbed right into the bloodstream. Usually I recommend clients take melatonin, oh, somewhere around 30 minutes before bedtime. And I often start out with around five milligrams for adults. If I'm dealing with a child, because this has been Mm -hmm. helpful with some kids, then I'll start with one or two milligrams. Sounds good. The other supplement that can help... um a lot of women sleep mm-hmm. is bioidentical progesterone cream. And this is often very helpful for women whose sleep problems did not start until perimenopause or menopause. Now, we all know, mm-hmm. at least as women know, that our hormones become imbalanced during this time in our life. And this imbalance can lead to a whole host of different undesirable effects, one of which is insomnia. You know, it could be that a woman at this point in her life isn't sleeping well because she's awoken by night sweats. How many times have we heard that story? Yeah. And progesterone cream does wonders here. Yes. Um, usually I I like using the, the Progest I do brand. too. I was curious which one you liked mm-hmm. the best because mm-hmm. we have a couple. We have a couple. And I like that one. Just use a quarter of a teaspoon. You rub it into your skin. Mm-hmm. So areas where... The skin is kind of thin. thin. The inside of your elbows, inside your wrists, back of your knees. Back of your knee. And I was told this once. I don't know if you go by this either, but I always relay it to clients to switch it up. Don't, you know, if you do the inside exactly. of your elbow one night, then maybe do your neck the next night, then yes. the back of your knee. Just for best absorption, keep rotating and do that at bedtime. Like Kate said, usually a quarter yeah. of a, a teaspoon, teaspoon is, is where mm-hmm. I start. I think you could maybe work up if you needed it, but oftentimes yeah. that does it for people. Okay, so we, we have, have we have a couple of callers. Um, let's take line one. I think it's Jeannie on line one. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Did you have a question regarding sleep? I do, and thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I, I say I, ha- I get sugar withdrawal whenever I try to eat and balance and, and cut out the sugar. Mm. So, I don't, you know, for like a first week, I can't sleep after I try to cut the sugar out of my diet. Hmm. So well, what, it, what if you're cutting, it, well, when sugar is eating? in your diet, yeah. For, I guess my first thought is, though, when sugar is in your diet, are you sleeping even worse than that? No, I sleep better. So why are you trying to cut it out? You're still not sleeping well, though, it must be. I, no, I, I sleep much better when I have sugar in my diet. Like I say, when I try to cut the sugar out, then I have my sleeping problems. So okay. when you cut the sugar out, what do you eat for dinner, for snack for i i've listened to your program a long time and i try to eat in balance i I may not be eating as much protein as i should that was our first thought yes because Mm -hmm. here's what i think is happening kate and i don't know if you're thinking the same thing sugar sends a rush of serotonin up in your brain you're sending cells will send a rush of serotonin when you eat sugar and that's why sometimes people kind of get this you know, Euphoric. feeling after sugar, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not a good thing because you'll just exhaust your stores of serotonin. The sugar is not helping you make more. It's just sending out a rush. And so serotonin does help us with sleep. And I think that's probably why you find you sleep a little better when you are eating the sugar, but we know that's not the healthy way to go. So I think getting the protein in, because if we get time today, I had wanted to talk about the role that animal protein plays in a good night's sleep. And, and the bottom line is 
when we eat sufficient animal protein, we make more serotonin. And again, serotonin is that brain chemical that helps us with a good night's rest. So animal protein five times a day at the same time as kicking that sugar habit, I think is is your for her. is your yeah. magic e- equation. Okay, I'll give it a try. Thank you. Okay, thanks great. for listening. And then on line two, we have Jim. Jim, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. What's your question for us this morning? Uh, good morning. Uh, my problem is that uh, I wake up before my alarm goes off. I can go to bed at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, still get up by 7 o'clock. I can't sleep. I've been a truck driver for 22 years, and I have a pretty rigorous schedule, so I've probably never slept more than five hours in the last 20 years, maybe six hours. Uh-huh. Can you, you know, tell me anything that diet might have to do with, you know, my occupation? And you're still a truck driver and having these irregular hours, or you have more time to sleep now, or...? Now I have more time. The last okay. five years I've had more time to sleep, and I still um, cannot sleep. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, first start with the bedtime snack. Mm-hmm. Wait, do, do you eat anything before bedtime? Actually, I get home late in the evening, so I don't even eat dinner until probably about 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And then what time do you go to bed on a good night when you're going to try to get some good sleep? <laughs> well, this might be part of the problem. I stay up late and watch television until 11 or 12. Okay. And have, and have to get up at 6, and then my, I usually get up even at 5 without the alarm. Okay. So you'd like to be able to at least sleep in mm-hmm. a little bit longer. So, um, Yeah, even on my days off, I can't sleep in. And what's a typical dinner? Like last night, what did you have for dinner? Pasta, chicken, meatballs. Okay. I I wouldn't do, and that's, yeah, and that certainly is is better than hitting the fast food drive-thru, but I wouldn't, if you're struggling with sleep, I wouldn't do pasta at night. I would really, I would just stay away from pasta and bread at that evening meal. You know, for a starchy component to your meal, if you feel you need something, I would do maybe sweet potato. Right. Or some wild rice, something with a lower glycemic index or a lower impact on your blood sugar. So that'll help you go to bed. So some meat, you know, maybe a little sweet potato or like we said, a little wild rice for your starch. And then some vegetables Vegetables. to round it out. Green beans or broccoli or something like that on the side. So eat a lower starch dinner. That's going to help. And then I'm wondering if melatonin would help, right? Because your, like your circadian you rhythm is off. Get to sleep earlier. Well, I heard you talking about magnesium, and that sounds pretty interesting to me. And that too. I think you're probably lacking in magnesium. I don't know, but do you have anxiety, twitching, muscle twitching, chocolate cravings, high blood pressure? Do I know? Mm-hmm. Not that I know. But it could now. just be, you know, you might have hit on something, Kate. Maybe let's start here. You're going to do less starch. At that evening meal and then go to bed a little bit earlier with some magnesium because magnesium can help you calm down and relax so that you can fall asleep a little bit earlier. And maybe we just need to kind of get in step with your body's own clock instead of 
forcing re, it. Yeah, yeah, forcing mm-hmm. you into yeah. a different rhythm. So I, I've always been a I've always been a early riser my whole life anyway. Okay, so, so that with it. that yeah. might be your rhythm, and you just need to get yourself to bed earlier. So make that commitment. I would write it down so that you stick to it. There's something about writing it down. I will go yeah. to bed at. You know, 10 o'clock and then get some magnesium glycinate and you want to start out with at least 400 milligrams at bedtime or with that late dinner meal. Is that glycinate? Glycinate, G-L-Y-C-I-N-A-T-E. Glycinate. Yep. I encourage you to to get it through Nutritional Weight and Wellness for good results. <laughs> yeah, Kate, Kate has had some interesting experience. There's very few brands out there that will produce a glycinate and and she's had some interesting like you talked about the diarrhea. diarrhea. We certainly don't want that with some of the other brands. So, if you go to our website at weightandwellness.com, you can click on products and you can read up on right. it and look at prices and and kind of decide the decide one. that way. Well, thank you ladies. I just uh, happened to find your show this morning. So, uh Oh, I'll be tuning well. In. Welcome. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks for the question. Thank you for uh, helping me out. All right. Good luck with that. Okay, we are up against our last break. I am always sad when we hit that that last break, but I do want to give you some food for thought before we go to commercial. Because it is estimated that about 30% of people have a gluten sensitivity, you might have noticed that gluten-free products, gluten-free books, restaurants offering gluten-free items, they've all become more prevalent. So do you know what gluten is? Do you know which foods contain gluten? Have you ever wondered if maybe you have a gluten sensitivity? Well, I'm going to tell you where you can find the answers to all of these questions and more when we come back, so don't turn that dial. Ever find yourself asking, where did I leave my keys this time? How could I have forgotten that appointment? How will I ever get all this work done when I can't concentrate? Do you ever feel overloaded, like your mind can't keep pace with your life? We expect an awful lot of ourselves. No wonder our brains seem to shut down at times from information overload. Good mental functioning requires essential nutrients, especially good fats and protein. A diet high in processed foods and refined carbohydrates can leave you feeling scattered, forgetful, and mentally fatigued. You can improve your mental functioning simply by changing the way you eat. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers classes and individual consultations that explain how balanced eating supports memory, creativity, focus, and moods. You will learn which breakfast foods give you a power-packed start to your day, along with how to eat for long-term brain health. For more information about classes or individual consultations, call 651-699-3438 or visit weightandwellness.com. Dishing up nutrition. As Cassie asked before break, what is gluten? Where do I find it? And am I one of the millions that has a gluten sensitivity? So if you're interested to uh, learn the answers to these questions and a lot more, we've got a new class that you're going to be really interested in. The class is called Going Gluten-Free the Healthy Way. And This week, it's being offered Tuesday, September 25th in Fridley from 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock. If you want to learn more or if you want to sign up, you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com, or you can call our office in St. Paul this morning at 651-699-3438. I also have another class to talk about, probably our most popular class that same day, Tuesday the 25th, 
is jumpstart your metabolism. Um, I like to encourage people who, uh, anyone who's struggling with uh, the expanding waistline mm-hmm. to start here. Try this class. You'll have a much healthier, saner approach for lifelong weight control compared to the diet centers and plans that have come and gone over the years. Um, this Jumpstart Your Metabolism class is on Tuesday in Roseville from 2 until 4 in the afternoon. And then finally, on Wednesday, the 26th, we're offering foods to reduce pain and inflammation in Eden Prairie from 7 to 9. If you're interested in learning more about our classes or signing up, go to our website, weightandwellness.com, click on Classes, and sign up there. Or you can even call our St. Paul office. Again, I'm going to repeat the number, 651-699-3438. Okay, Cassie. Well, I think we, because I promised it to one of the callers, um, which caller was that? I remember saying we're going to be talking about some examples. It was the gal that was getting up in the middle of the night and eating. Eating, and, eating, eating. And, um, and she mentioned, the, yeah, how to balance the blood sugars blood sugar. all day long. You know, one of our teachers, who probably would not mind if I said her name on air, but I'm not going to because I didn't ask her. One of our teachers, this was a couple years ago, she had come to view me teach one of our classes because she was in training. Um, and afterwards, she's helping me pack up my stuff. And and I said, how is that training you're doing for our Nutrition for Weight Loss series mm-hmm. of classes coming? And she kind of hung her head and she said, oh, not so great. I haven't lost a pound. And that's not where my question was coming from. I was just making conversation. But she said, I haven't lost a pound. And then all of a sudden, perked Light up bulb. her head and, and she said, but you know what? I'm sleeping like a baby. And I said, really, why do you suppose that is? And this was a woman that had struggled with her weight or with her um, with her weight and with her sleeping for years. And she said, well, I am eating balanced every three hours on the clock because that's what this nutrition for weight loss series is telling us to do. And I'm in training for that. And she had made the connection that eating balanced every three hours was helping her sleep at night because she was going to bed in a state of a balanced blood sugar. So. What does that mean? What does that mean? Exactly. We say it probably 10, 20 times on any show, but what does that mean? Balanced means you just have to remember the magic number is three and yep. you can eat balanced, right? Magic number is three for two reasons. You want to eat an animal protein, a carbohydrate, and a healthy fat, those three things, about every three hours. And like I mentioned to one of our other callers, you want to eat your breakfast within an hour of waking up to really grab hold of that blood sugar so you can get it balanced right from the start of the day. One of my favorite ways to start my day is to take a couple of hard-boiled eggs. I always have hard-boiled eggs in the fridge, organic eggs. Hmm. Dice those up in a bowl, and then if I have leftover grilled chicken breast, I'll chop up a couple of ounces of that. Add it to my bowl, put some mayonnaise, some mustard, some pepper, and diced up celery in there. And I have my own little quick version of a chicken salad. And then on the side for some added crunch, I like to have strips of raw red bell pepper. I know some people are probably scrunching up their nose right now thinking... Sounds delicious. Doesn't it, though? It's very non-traditional, but it really is one of my favorite breakfasts, and it's balanced. So that sounds great. Um, you probably had this breakfast this morning or mm-hmm. something like it around 6 o'clock. Right. So that means when the show's over at 9 o'clock, it's perfect time for a snack. Remember you said 3 and 3 every That's 3 hours? That's why I packed my lunch, babe. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So one of my favorite morning snacks is celery with nut butter. And recently I found a kind of fun nut butter. It's a combination of almond butter, peanut butter, and cashew butter, all in one. Throw it on the celery. And then along with that, I eat leftover steak or hamburger. Or this morning, mine was leftover salmon, which I find is really easy to digest. Right. First thing on an early morning. Mm -hmm. And again, eating protein, carb, and fat every three hours balances our blood sugar, which helps us get into that deep restorative sleep where you're hopefully not going to wake up. On the other hand, if you start your day with a bagel or a bowl of cold cereal, two very typical American breakfasts, you're getting somewhere between 14 to 25 teaspoons of sugar in your bloodstream right from the start of your day, and you're likely to ride this up and down roller coaster ride of blood sugars all day and into the night. And I speak from experience when I say the blood sugar roller coaster ride will lead to a very restless night's sleep for most people. Absolutely. You know, Cassie, why don't we explain a little bit about why we're such big advocates of animal protein, especially when it comes to sleeping? Well, when we eat animal protein, for example, let's say you have some eggs in the morning for breakfast. Eggs are the animal protein, and once they get down to your small intestinal tract, they are broken down into their very simplest components called amino acids. And then something that I think is almost magical happens. If you have good digestive health, your body takes those amino acids it made from the eggs, or any animal protein for that matter, And it combines those amino acids with some good bacteria and creates your neurotransmitters. So you're trying to tell me that that famous brain chemical, serotonin, is made in my intestines? It is. Uh It is. If if you're eating sufficient animal protein and if you have good digestive health. Okay. Well, that sounds kind of magical. You also mentioned sufficient animal protein. Now, by sufficient animal protein, we mean that most people who are struggling to get enough sleep and good sleep need animal protein, as Cassie said to a caller, five times a day. That's going to help boost your level of serotonin. Serotonin is the neurotransmitter that helps us calm our mind and helps us with sleep. Five times a day. Easy to say, a little harder to do. So let's help the listeners out. We already gave an idea for breakfast with animal protein, my quick version of an egg salad. Yep. Or a chicken, chicken chicken egg egg salad. salad. Like that one. Mm, It's good together. Kate, you gave a great morning snack idea with some animal protein. And then how about at around noon? So if you had breakfast at six, let's say you had a morning snack at nine. Now it's noon. It's time for some animal protein again. You could have a big salad. Mm Mm-hmm. Lots of greens. I prefer to use either romaine or spinach mm-hmm. as my base, but mm-hmm. use whatever greens you like as long as it's not the iceberg, which most people probably know doesn't have a lot of nutrition. So at least three cups of greens is what I like to aim for. And then one or two cups of some other light vegetables, mm-hmm. whatever you have, cucumbers, celery, cucumbers, celery tomatoes, peppers, peppers, yeah, any of those things. And then, of course, we need the animal protein. So if you have some leftover steak, that's one of my favorite things is Mm -hmm. to slice up nice and thin a leftover sirloin steak and put that on the top. And then, of course, a nice full fat dressing. Dressing. Vinaigrettes are usually the best, but... um, Nothing too sweet here. Yeah. Again, we're trying to curb that. So then around three, you need a snack. Three in the afternoon, you need another snack. You could take some nitrate-free deli meat. Spread a couple tablespoons 
of full-fat cream cheese on each slice, roll it up, have some raw carrots on the side, and you've got a balanced snack with protein, fat, and a carb. Absolutely. And then we're to dinner. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of clients will say that's their best meal of the day because mm-hmm. they try to have a meat, a starch, and a vegetable. So you could do a steak or a chicken breast or some salmon on the grill. Toss some baby red potatoes in olive oil and roast them in your oven. That could be your starchy piece. And then round it out with a big helping of steamed green beans. I'm coming for dinner. <laughs> but that, Too bad I'm not cooking, but that okay. does sound good. Well, there you have it. Animal protein five times a day. And I know the music is going to start here pretty soon for the end of the show. I, I want to mention we had a caller on the line I didn't get to. I hope she calls into the St. Paul office later. I think somebody would be able to answer her question. Um, I could see from the, the call board here it was something regarding bedwetting. And I had one of those children. And when I figured out the exact food sensitivities, we were plural there with Riley, his bedwetting stopped. And mm-hmm. I've I've seen that happen with some other kids that I have as clients as well. So if that's what your question was regarding, I would first try to figure out if that child has any food sensitivities. If you want to call the St. Paul office at 651-699-3438, they might be able to help you out with any further questions. And we hope that tonight you get a good night's rest. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.